Hello, and welcome to This Thing Called Life, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories about acts of giving, kindness, compassion, and humanity. Your host, Andy Johnson, will introduce you to powerful stories about organ, eye, and tissue donation from individuals, families, and healthcare teams whose experiences will inspire you and remind you that while life is hard, unpredictable, and imperfect, it's also beautiful. We are so happy you're here. Now, let's join the show. Welcome to this thing called life. I'm your host, Andy Johnson, and I want to thank you for joining me today. I hope you are all doing well. My guest today is Mr. Rick Green, and he will talk about his decision to be a living kidney donor. And I'm really happy to have him with us today so he can share his story so that we can learn and grow and hopefully understand how this decision can impact others. And maybe it will motivate you to go out and get tested and see if you can be a living kidney donor. So with that, I want to welcome Mr. Rick Green. Hey, Rick, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. So I wanted to start off uh, with just having you tell our listeners your story and and kind of what led you to that place to want to help someone as a living kidney donor. In my world, I think my story is pretty simple. I had never really thought about it, but I have a habit when I walk in my house, I grab the remote and turn the TV on, you know, without thinking. And at that second, I don't know why Entertainment Tonight was on and they were talking about Marvin Gaye III seeking a kidney donor. So what year was this? And it just grabbed me. So I wrote down the number and I heard God telling me to help him. And I called a number to UCLA Medical Center. And four days later, they sent me some vials in my house to test me. And four days later, I'm on a jet to UCLA Medical Center for four days of testing. It was really all just to me, like, lined up. It wasn't no thought or plan. Mm-hmm. What year was um, this, Rick? Oh, this was uh, 2014. 2014, okay. And this was Marvin Gaye Jr. Yes. Okay. So well, I guess the third because the singer was junior. Okay, so the third. The third yeah. Okay, so that's pretty interesting. I mean, Marvin Gaye's son, you know, yeah. world-renowned singer and crooner, <laughs> and his yeah. son needed a kidney transplant, and you and that you felt a calling to to step up and do that. I mean, absolutely. The whole time I'm. All- Marvin and the nurse were talking, I could clearly sense God saying, help him. So I just grabbed a pen and wrote down the number. At that time, I didn't know what help him mean. I just knew I had to call the number. Mm-hmm. And it and turns I, out you, you were a perfect match. Yeah, I keep saying it's a God story because when they send the vows to my house, everything lined up. My wife was phlebotomist, so she did the blood work. Oh, wow. And I'm like, everything lined up. And I go to LAX, and Wendy is crying, Marvin's wife. And I said, Wendy, why are you crying? 
And she said, Rick, there were six people before you and they didn't match. I said, Wendy, they couldn't. God told me I was the match. Wow. Everything just felt perfect. And I told the surgeon that when he tested me, he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. So now, Rick, I got to test you four days. And I just said, okay. And on the fourth day, he said, how did you know? I said, God told me in Cincinnati. Wow. That's why I call it a God story. A God story. So I much love that. Green. And I never gave it a second thought because I'm at a point in my life where I don't believe I own my body anyway. I believe it's all God. Mm. And I believe we're supposed to help each other. I believe I'm just renting this vessel until I go back home. Mm. Wow. Wow. So talk about, so you, 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 you gave this tremendous gift and what, what was that process like once you donated, what was the healing process like for you? I really, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at is I want people to understand more about what it means to be a living kidney donor so that hopefully more people will get to a place where they're not fearful of, of taking that step to help other, another person. You know what? I would tell people to seriously consider it. It's very easy to be honest on RN. It's more difficult for the person receiving the kidney. On April 29, 2014, me and Marvin on the table, they removed my kidney. On April 30th, 2014, I'm on the beach in LA walking. I'm sore holding my stomach. My surgeon was absolutely right. He said, Rick, the more you walk, the more you're going to heal. He was right. Mm. The next day I walked, I started healing. Oh, wow. wow. And I mean, every day I just got stronger and stronger. And I felt better each day. And I'm like, this man is a genius. Wow. Everything that would happen to me medically happened. The day it happened, I don't do good with anesthesia. So I slept 14 hours after surgery. <laughs> And they were worried. My wife said, don't worry, Rick, don't do good with anesthesia. So I didn't wake up till the next day. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, initially when I woke up, I felt like a train hit me. Yes. And the next day, to be honest, it went from like a 10 to a 6. Oh, wow. And to me, that's a big decrease. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And your pain. And then day three, it went to like a 5. And the surgeon was right. And so I kept walking. Wow. So it's been about seven years now. Have you had any issues as a result of donating your kidney? No, I see my family doctor once a year and he said, Rick, you're doing great. The only thing I stopped, I don't know how everyone else lived. I used to drink four or five pops a day. I was really a pop a holic. <laughs> That's a lot of sugar. The surgeon told me to drink one pop a day to preserve the kidney I have. And me being Rick, I just stopped drinking pop altogether. I don't drink nothing but water since 2014, and I'm never going back to pop. That's so great. You tell me something, I try to improve on it. Yeah, that's a great, I mean, that's a great health care or health and wellness um, just change to make in general. So I think that's great that you're disciplined enough to be able to do that. So what would, so what would you say to someone who's considering being a living kidney donor? I would say definitely go get yourself 
tested. I believe there's enough healthy people on planet Earth to assist all that are in need of organs. I would say there's really no fear to me of kidney donation. If you're donating, it was really simple on my side. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. I mean, you know, after the fifth or sixth day, it was nothing. And I was living my normal life a little sore, but never really hurt after that first day. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it, if you got a great surgeon, they're going to walk you through it. He really comforted me. He told me what would happen before the surgery, during and after. So he was excellent. Okay. Okay. Have you have you spoken to uh, Marvin Gaye the third since you were able to donate to him? And how, do you have any update on how he's doing? Actually, we talk all the time. He's doing great. Good. By the grace of God, he's doing great. He got his life back. He got his life back. He got his life back. He was really bad off. When I met him that first day at LAX, he was laying across the backseat of the limo because he couldn't get out. Wow. Wow. But God gave him his life back. And I tell people God because I know it's God. I'm just as human as anyone else. There's certain things I wouldn't do. Like I said, I never thought about it or considered it until that moment of walking in the house. And seeing that story, something moved you when you saw that story of him being in need of that, that gift. Yeah, I saw a human being that was hurting. Yeah. I saw a human being that was suffering. I saw a human being that wanted somebody that had compassion on them. I saw a human being that was in need. And I would pray to God if somebody looked at me in need, that they would ask me how could they help. Right, right. So it just seems to me, just in talking with you, that you really have just this this heart and this spirit of just you you give. You're a giver, and it's something that you feel like God has just moved you to to do and to be. And I just I I applaud you for that because you're very you're very open about it and just joyful. And I think I think just you have a wonderful wonderful attitude. There needs you to be more Rick, Rick Greens out here in the world. <laughs> no, sister, it wasn't overnight. By the grace of God, I'm here today. But I've been through a lot in my life. And I know only God brought me to where I am today. And I think it's more natural to love than to hate. And I'm trying to spread positivity and love in the world. I'm not going to wait for anyone else to do something I can do myself. I'm not going to wait, you know, to feed a homeless person. I'll just do it myself. Mm-hmm. I got this thing about waiting on people and it aggravates me. <laughs> if it's something I can do for myself. Yeah. I think there's enough love and joy in the world. I just think we've become selfish with it and hoard it for ourselves. And that's wrong. Mm. You're supposed to share joy. You're not supposed to hoard it. That's you're true. You're supposed to share love. You're not supposed to sit on it. It right. wasn't just for you. Right. That's just my personal opinion. I'm not trying to sell nobody on nothing, but I just choose love. Choose love. That's a beautiful message. Very simple and right to the point. Yeah, we complicate things too much, in my opinion. We make things more difficult than they need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of talking about a brother or sister down and out, you ever ask them, how could you help them? Right. 
that's a lot simpler, a lot less stressful. Right. Why don't you offer them a sandwich? Why don't you offer them a pair of shoes? Right. Right. It's so easy to talk about people. Yeah. It's so easy to turn a commercial to when you see they talking about organ donation. Maybe you should sit and look at that one. Right. Maybe you should pay attention to it. So why do you think many people of color, specifically African-Americans, don't want to donate? I think a lot of it has to do with the way we're raised. Okay. Because there's so many things African-Americans tell one another as children, and we hold on to it like it's the Bible, and it's just not true. No, I don't like the, I got mine, you better get yours. I can't stand that mentality. Right. Right. I think that is just a tool for division. But I also yeah. get angry at us because I don't think we have to believe everything we hear. Right. You know, the one thing I learned about people, if our mouths are moving, then there's a chance we're being untruthful. Mm. Mm. And if you live long enough, you'll pick up signs. And if you pay attention long enough, you'll be able to dissect those signs. Right. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today? I would just hope that everyone would pray about it, talk to God about it. If you would consider signing up to be an organ donor, and if you're comfortable with doing it, do it. Don't let your family, friends, coworkers, or neighbors talk you out of something you feel comfortable with doing. You know, organ donation don't have to make sense to nobody but you. You don't have to explain your life to anybody. Right. If you feel led to move, then move. I think the biggest regret you're going to have is what it should have could have. Don't right. put too much thought in that. Right. But what it should have could have can go from 40 seconds to 40 years. Right. Right. And I think that sad people dying and we can help them. Right. I'm not right. saying it's for everybody, but maybe it's for you. Maybe it's for me. I'm just saying consider it because okay. everything got to start with a thought. Yes. Read about it. Research. Right. Talk to people that have done it. Get right. on the website. Absolutely. You're allowed to ask questions. Absolutely. The unknown can be fearful. No, let's be honest, all of us. Right. But sometimes it's a mind thing. It ain't scary as you think it is. Right. I'm telling you, once that doctor sat me down explained to me what he was going to do, what are you going to do to Marvin, how are we going to do it, how Marvin was going to heal, how I was going to heal. It lifted weights. He was so detailed. Mm-hmm. That man was a really, really good surgeon. I applaud mm-hmm. him. When something yeah. goes exactly the way the surgeon says it's going to go, it gives you confidence. Mm-hmm. And it makes you want to tell people. And then, too, I honestly believe God is in the midst of everything. Right. And, do, you know. Do you feel like you've you've inspired other people to to do what you did just through sharing your story? I, I would hope that I did. I think it impacted my wife more than anybody because she was there doing the whole journey. Because, mm-hmm. you know, after the donation, my surgeon didn't want me to fly for 21 days. But it wasn't bad being stuck in L.A. for 21 days. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, There's no places in Ohio. Places, that wasn't right? a bad place to be stuck at. I was like, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my wife. I mean, she'd been through a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, she cried and she was praying. She was hoping me and Marvin mm-hmm. both woke up. She didn't understand why I did it. And I said, Stephanie, I have to. Yeah. 
Yeah. And to be honest, she didn't really want me to, but I knew I had to. Yeah. And I told her, if you love me, you'll go with me. If sometimes you know what you have to do. You can't let nobody talk you out of it. Right. Because I think it's going to pick at you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can't go back. You may as well do it now. Yeah. Yeah. About the grace of God, Stephanie loved what I did. Of course, Wendy do. Marvin White. Of course, Marvin do. His three sons, you know, their yeah. family. Well, he's able but to I, live. He's able now to, you know, be a hus- be uh, be an active husband and father. And I mean, you gave that to him. Oh, uh, no more dialysis. He had a rough life or not. Dialysis is horrible. It's horrible. I know yes. it's necessary, but I took my mother for she did. It's horrible. Yeah. My mother felt like a cold corpse when I went back to pick her up. Her hands were so cold. It drains. It's and draining. I wouldn't wish that life on nobody. Yeah, yeah. But I pray to God people would at least consider, because to me, that's the excellent place to start. Yes, yes. Completely agree. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk about this. I just, I think this is such an interesting story. And I was just... I was excited at how we connected and and your just willingness to talk about it because I think that that's how we reach more people and 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 educate more people about the power of that decision. So I want to thank you for sharing your testimony. Well, thank you for having me, and I pray to God that it blesses someone and moves them. I do too. I do too. So as I close the show today, I urge you just to think about all of the people, all of the men, women, and children who are in need of life-saving organ transplants in our country. And I'm just so grateful that we were able to hear Rick's story and how he was moved uh, by God to, to do this, to make this decision, and to help his fellow man by being a living kidney donor. You know, you can you can help someone too, just like Rick did. Um, if you're not registered to be a donor, you can do your research. You can seek out the information about what being a living donor truly means. Uh, you can also speak with a medical professional or someone who's gone through the experience. We really learn through the sharing and exchanging of information. And that's how we learn. That's how we grow. And that's how we help and support one another. But most importantly, you can register to be an organized tissue donor. You can visit lifepassingon.org to register there and get more information. You also can learn about being a living kidney donor because the vast majority of the people on the national waiting list are people in need of a life-saving transplant. I want to thank everyone for listening. And I encourage you to Please be kind to yourself and to others. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by LifeCenter. You have the potential to help save and enhance the lives of others, those who suffer from chronic illness or the effects of traumatic events. Statistics have shown that a new name is added to the national waiting list every 10 minutes. You have the opportunity to help others and save lives. You have the power to donate life. By designating your decision to become a donor, you have the opportunity to change the lives of many and save up to eight lives. Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana say yes to donation by registering to become an organ, eye, or tissue donor today. 
Go to lifepassiton.org for more information. Thanks to LifeSetter for their continued support. Thank you for listening to This Thing Called Life. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcast to make sure you get updates on all new episodes. And we would truly appreciate it if you would share, like, or give us a review to help us grow.